going on guys? Welcome to episode 10 of The Pocket Coach. Today we're going to be talking on self-worth. Such a big term that is out there today. You hear it all over social media. You hear it um, just in general conversation. You literally read it in magazines. It's everywhere now, but it's because it's so... uh, common and cliche to talk about it, I feel like it's really lost its true meaning and true depth of what it actually does to a person when they lack self-worth or when they have a lot of self-worth. So that's what I want to cover today is what true self-worth is, what low self-worth is and how we can actually build it. Also how its relationship with mental health is so huge and that building true self-worth, not just something that you use affirmations for, but building true self-worth can help mental health on not just a psychological level, but literally on the hormonal level, which we're going to touch on. So I'm very excited for that, even as deep as the chemical level. So we're going to get down to that um, over this uh, session, over this podcast, over the next 30 five to 45 minutes. So I'm really wanting to also elaborate on the fact that this is going to be a very raw podcast. I'm literally, I've got my notes here, so I'm going to talk on my notes, but I like to keep it raw because it's real and I can tell stories along the way. Um, Sort of keeping it nice and free and fresh for you guys. Uh, So it's going to be nice and skaxy for you Kiwis out there, you New Zealanders out there. You know what I mean by skaxy. I'm just kidding. It's not actually skaxy. It's just really cool. Um, the, this podcast was actually meant to be with Mitch James. Uh, unfortunately, when we, we actually did do the recording, um, it was um, honestly the most amazing story I've ever heard. Um, anyone tell me, it's honestly incredible what he's done, so I can't wait to actually do, redo that. But I've got to redo it because the recording came through very glitchy and uh, pretty rough, honestly. It didn't come through properly. So we're having to redo it, and Mitch has been an absolute beautiful soul to even have decided to do it again with me, which is awesome. So I'm really, really appreciative to him. He's, he's an awesome human being. So um, please go and listen to his awesome music and go support that guy. He's killing it, Mitch James, on uh, Spotify or iTunes or anything you've got. So uh, today, again, going into the self-worth field, Uh, I just want to quickly touch on there's a massive difference between self-worth and self-confidence. So first of all, I'm going to tell you what self-confidence is. Okay, so self-confidence is the feeling of, um, of being rather than just the feeling of being okay, just more the ability to be okay. So the ability to put yourself out there and the ability to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. That's what I perceive self-confidence is. And in order to improve that ability, you simply have to do it and action it. So you have to action the idea of putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation. And the more you do that, the more you're going to build confidence. You can go listen back to my confidence podcast. Um, I honestly go, go pretty deep in stories and how I was the shyest kid in class growing up. Um, how I truly struggled around the field of confidence and couldn't even talk to a girl. Going through school, I was not a skucks. Going back to that, for those uh, non-Kiwi people out there, a skucks is someone that is attractive to the opposite sex. It is a Kiwi slang phrase, S-K-U-X. It is an awesome word. Anyway, uh, putting that aside, so 
um, I was not a scucks in school, but um, now nowadays I do feel a lot more confident and I will constantly put myself outside of my comfort zone in order to grow that. Now, self-worth is something that happens internally. So self-worth is the feeling of being okay in the uncomfortable, the feeling of being okay in the uncertain rather than being able to put yourself there, but actually feel like you're okay in that situation or in that scene or whatever it is or being around certain people or being out even outside of your house. Now, this is where things like anxiety start to occur because the narratives that we tell ourselves from when we're growing up, they continue, they continue, they continue and they grow, 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 grow and we continually confirm these throughout life which is why anxiety sort of comes in as we grow older rather than when we're younger. And um, so it, the seed is planted in our first six years of life, which is our theta brain state. If you want to learn more about this theta brain state, where we literally are in a position of absorbing everything around us in our first six years of life, where we learn to walk, talk, eat, live everything possible that we learn, um, including what we put in our subconscious, the part of our brain where we live 95% of our, our lives um, for the majority of us. Um, there's that seed planted from little terms um, from when you're a kid when your parents tell you to sit down to shut up to be quiet to do as you're told all these little things uh, that are, are completely harmless and on the outside but on the inside on the deeper side of things uh, that we truly print, imprint them on our into our brain and we put ourselves in this um, lower status world where we're not worth as much as other people or we do, we f we're not loved as much as other people or we're completely um, we're completely centered um, on the idea of um, um, of we aren't worth the level that someone else is or we don't we're not capable to the to the point of another person so for example um a lot of us maybe in school like we, we don't feel like capable of talking to the opposite sex the way our friends are or you know we're not capable of getting a girlfriend or a boyfriend like our friends are or we're we're not capable of stepping outside of our comfort zone comfortably um, like our friends seem to be able to, they seem to be able to talk to all, all new people, they seem to be able to make friends, like we can't, you know, there's, there's the sort of narratives that we start to build on ourselves and now we confirm them by literally telling ourselves that exact story and the more you tell yourself that story, the more you're confirming it and imprinting it in your brain into your subconscious and the more you do this, the more you confirm something, the more we build that story um, into something that becomes a real thing. Because where focus goes, energy flows. The more you focus on it, the more the energy goes towards it. So if you are concentrating on these ideas of not being worth much or not being not feeling comfortable, comfortable or or confident enough to put yourself out there, um, and you keep telling yourself that, of course, it's going to be confirmed consistently. So. The issue there, obviously, is eventually we get to a stage where we no longer feel good about ourselves. We start to betray ourselves. We start to tell ourselves, okay, this time, finally, I'm going to go do this or whatever it is, you know, whether it's go to talk to that girl, go to talk to that guy, go and uh, finally, you know, talk to that person we want to be friends with, go finally ask that person to coffee, go finally actually study for three hours straight because you know you need it you've, you've got an overnighter to do ahead of you or you've got an exam the next day or whatever it is or um what, whatever it is you're telling yourself you know it could be something as simple as going for a run when you get home from school or from university or whatever you're doing you know what i mean 
or it could be something as simple as meditating first thing in the morning or waking up on your first alarm and not hitting the snooze button. Something as simple as that. Now, if you tell yourself you're going to do that and you don't, that is self-betrayal. And this is where low self-worth comes from. The more we betray ourselves, the less we trust ourselves. So if we, if we lack trust in ourselves, we end up in a position of not feeling comfortable or trustworthy in our own self to be in an uncertain situation. So what I mean by that is when we're in a situation where we don't understand or know of the outcome, meaning you might be um, you know, might be in a situation where you're going to confront a person, whether it's you know asking them on a date, whether it's um, asking them to hang out with you because you want to be friends, whatever it is, it could like so that's confronting someone and an individual because we don't know how other people are going to react or feel or think, we're uncomfortable because that's an uncertain situation. We don't know the outcome. Another one, another situation is literally going to the grocery store. We don't know what people are going to be like at the grocery store. We don't know if we're going to be looked at or judged. Or when we go to the gym, this is why people freak out at the gym when they're new to the gym because they don't don't know if they're going to be judged or looked down on, whatever it is. They don't know what people around them are thinking when they're looking at them. Um, another situation is, um, is dedicating yourself to... Uh, personal trainer or a fitness plan or a diet plan um, because it's uncertain that we'll get there why put in the work okay or it might seem uncertain of course that's why um, people put out that it's guaranteed you know um, to get results which is a good thing um, because it helps us get over that um, that uncertainty factor so there's so many things that can be uncertain it could be something like going to a party and feeling feeling like uncomfortable or uncertain because you don't know if your friends are going to, are you going to meet anyone there? You're going to make friends there or, you know, you might not know anyone in a, in a, in a social, social situation. So you don't want to go to it, like starting a new sport. So for example, when I moved to Queenstown, um, in New Zealand and I lived in Queenstown for two years, the first time I remember going to the rugby club, I was shiting myself before I went across to the rugby game or to the first rugby training. Cause, um, I didn't know a single soul. And so, of course, that's, you know, a little bit scary for someone who's, you know, 17 years old go along, going along to some open rugby, you know, a bunch of 20 to 30 year olds and, um, you know, not knowing a single soul. So, of course, you're going to feel a little bit, a little bit shunned initially and a little bit, um, a little bit alone. Initially, I was lucky that everyone was quite friendly, but at the, initially you're going to think, oh, shit, like um, I don't know a single person. I don't know if I'm going to be treated equally. I don't know if I'm going to fit in. There's a lot of things that can go through your head. It's uncertain. Now, this uh, in, in, the, in the space of November and December, um, even leading up to that, I started going through a lot of, um, a lot of anxiety symptoms um, and it got real bad in actually December. Um, and I've had a lot of anxiety symptoms pr- um, previous to this. I get it. I've actually had it a lot when I travel with my family, um, which, which, you know, actually a lot of people get, which is actually quite a scary thing. So it's something I want to say that it's normal. Don't worry about it. You know, it's I'm normal. I'm trying to normalize all this stuff for you guys. But in December, um, one thing that I've truly struggled with, I, w- I just remember this, it was a minor anxiety attack. Um, where I almost had to run out of the mall. So I went, I went to the shopping mall with um, one of my friends that I've made here. He's a really lovely guy. Like there's no reason why I should be anxious around him, but I was anxious about um, the idea of my relationship at the time. So it was um, so it was a little bit of a struggle mentally for me at the time. And um, I just remember I was walking through and I wasn't too sure what to, 
um, what to buy, uh, like people for Christmas. Um, so there was that, that thought going through my head. Plus there was the anxiety around my business. Plus there was the anxiety around my relationship. And also I was around a whole lot of people at the time. So now walking through the mall, um, I was honestly, I just remember my heart just starting to increase its beat and I was absolutely shitting myself. I don't know, uh, like I'm, I can pinpoint it now because I, um, I've become a lot more self-aware than I used to be when I went, like, cause I remember and at times when I've been traveling with my family and I've been anxious and I haven't figured out why, but now I know why it's because of the self-worth factor. So, um, and I'll tell you how this occurred and why I got to this stage and why this happened. But basically, I just remember my heart just felt, felt like it was pounding out of my chest. My heart rate was increasing. I was freaking out. I was feeling like I need to get out of here. I need to go home. I, ne- I just need to be away from people. And it was a little bit of social anxiety that um, I actually experienced before without even realizing it. But now I understand a lot more about it that I could actually sort of put a label on it but i hate the idea of putting a label on anything so um but that's technically what it was so um it was and it was based on something that i'd been telling myself for a while which is um you're not worth much you know you you can't handle reality the way you thought you could and you can't handle relationships the way you thought you could just all these sort of narratives that i was telling myself and now where this came from is very interesting and i feel like a lot of people will either resonate with this or, un- or learn for themselves oh wow i'm actually doing this to myself and that's going back to the idea of promises so this is where i had a real issue in terms of actually overcoming a lot of um a lot of i guess giants um blockades that i put in my life bumps in the road that those sort of things and um what i mean by that is We've all got struggles, we've all got stresses, we've got all got giants that we need to face in our lives and a lot of us, we neglect them and we, when you just instead try to take the road around it. Uh, and that's, that's obviously not the best way to go because if we're avoiding it, they're never actually being solved, we're never actually getting over them, we're never actually letting them go and becoming stronger because of them, we're not growing from them, instead we're actually being defeated by them because if you're not growing, you're dying as the famous psychologist Tony Robbins talks about. Uh, you see, there's no in between with growth. You either grow or you don't, um, and you go backwards. So it's important that we have that progression status. So we're always progressing with our mental health. There's no end. It's just as long as you're progressing, you're going to be in a good space and you're going to achieve peace. And that's what we're all after ultimately: is that feeling of peace and that thought process of peace, and serenity and calm and contentment. Contentment meaning we're just okay. We feel okay with ourselves, and that's so powerful. So obviously, we're the more you can never actually get an end to that because you can always get better with it. Um, and that's like anything, right? So the idea is to find that feeling of progression, but also contentment at the same time, being okay with where you're at, but wanting wanting more in that sense. And you're going to grow, and you're going to develop, and that what is what will equal happiness because progression equals happiness. As again, what Tony Robbins vocalizes as well, he always talks on that concept, and many many. Um, psychologists um, believe that as well and agree with them on that term so I think it's a very important concept to uh, take in so combining the idea of um, if you're not growing you're dying and progression equals happiness and if you don't keep promise to yourself you're betraying yourself if you combine all of these uh, this comes down to if you set some goals and you tell yourself you're going to do things and you don't that's um, you're ultimately betraying yourself and decreasing your self-worth but if you keep those promises 
you're doing exactly the opposite of that. You're building self-worth. You're becoming stronger. You're becoming more comfortable in the uncertain because you're building that trust in you. You're instilling that trust in you. You instill the idea of I'm okay being uncomfortable. I'm okay being in situations that are uncertain. I'm okay being rejected. I'm okay being around these people that I was initially uncomfortable with. That's what happens when you instill self-worth in you. And it's so powerful because it's rare. That's the scary thing. And the secret is so simple um, because it's something that we don't do. Um, and we must sort of t- talk ourselves out of doing it. Um, and, and I'm glad that it's becoming more a more common uh, ideal because people are talking about it more, even though some people talk about it in a shallow way. There's many people talking about it in a deep way, which is a beautiful thing. And I love that. And this is something that we sort of touched on a little bit with the holistic psychologist. If you go back and listen to that podcast, uh, Nicola Perish, she really touched on the idea of the theta brain state, um, our subconscious, and that sort of effect on self-worth that where we can reconfirm our reality and create a reality through this. But we also talk on self-worth. Now, in terms of instilling trust in ourselves, right, we're just really trying to um, instill this trust through keeping promises. So, this is where I went wrong last year. In 2018, I sat down at the start of 2018 and wrote down huge goals. And I mean huge. Like I wrote down what people what people would actually not even write down in a life goal. In fact, I wrote down some things that um, like personally for me, I'd probably actually write that down in a, a 10 year goal as something that, you know, is a massive goal, um, you know, something to work towards. I mean, like, okay, sure, maybe I won't achieve it, um, but that's okay. Um, but the idea with writing down a yearly goal and being able to cross that off is so important. So for your life goals, this is what I always say about the life goals. For, for the life goals, it should look like that a kid's written it. It should look like that the five-year-old you um, who's ambitious, who's, you know, who believes in themselves is writing it. Um, you can write down anything you want. All right. And this comes from the little kid inside of you because it, uh, even things that seem unrealistic because it gives you ambition and it gives you drive and it gives you direction ultimately. And that's so important. Once you've got that direction, you know, you can narrow that down to the yearly, the weekly and um, the monthly and the weekly and the daily goals um, and the tasks, um, etc. So that's what I talk about. If you go listen to my goal setting podcast, um, which I believe was episode two, that's, um, that's also a really great one to actually go over and, and talk about goal setting. But anyway, what happened in 2018 is these goals I wrote down were massive. Um, honestly, I, I was, I was good enough to um, cross off about a third of them because I, I truly believed like, okay, cool. Well, if I'm setting massive goals, I might as well set massive yearly goals as well to keep me driven. Now the opposite happened. All right. Initially I was really driven because I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to work my ass off. I was working, you know, I was waking up at um, four to four or four thirty in the morning to go to personal training in the, in the gym. Then during lunchtime, I'll go and work on my other stuff. And then um, in the evening, I'll go back to personal training. Then at night I'll get home and cook dinner and everything like that. And I wouldn't get to bed till about, um, cause I wouldn't get home till about eight thirty nine 9 PM. Um, sometimes even later, and then I wouldn't get to sleep till about midnight. So like four to five nights a week, I'd be getting you know four to five hours of sleep, um, not very healthy at all. And then I'm all binge sleep on the weekend, and you know I'll go to cafes on the weekend and not really go out very much and things like that. And I like to build and everything, and I'm grateful that I did because I learned a lot from it. But I also 
really burnt out a lot. There was a lot of stages and phases in my life during that year where I burnt out a lot and I struggled a lot um, with depression. The feeling of depression, little did I know, was I actually deteriorating my self-worth by not being able to meet certain goals and feeling like I wasn't capable even though I was working my ass off. So that's just, that's the dangerous thing about it. Now come November, December, where you're meant to be out of, oh wow, like look how much I've accomplished this year. What was what I was saying to myself instead was, oh my gosh, look how much I didn't accomplish this year. That's scary, man. That is dangerous. Because what happened then was from that point, I started telling myself and instilling this idea and confirming this idea that I was taught of, I'm not good enough. I need to sit down. I need to shut up. I just need to be to myself. Um, I shouldn't put myself out there the way I have been putting myself out there. I'm not capable um, of the things that I thought I was capable of. Excuse me. So uh, that's why it's so important to uh, give yourself um, potential and give yourself trust by keeping promises to yourself, but setting promises that are keepable, that are attainable, that are reachable, that you can truly work towards in a realistic way. So dreams, goals, life goals, set them big, 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 big. Give yourself direction. Don't like. Don't even lack an ambition in terms of that. But yearly goals, all right, make them achievable. Create momentum goals. This is something Ed Milet talks about with goal setting. Is you want, um, you want long term goals. So that's you know for the end of the year where you're really trying to build something. Um, but something that you can definitely build in the year, obviously, because people, as Tony Robbins talks about, people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. So in a de- in that yearly plan, in that decade plan, go big. You can you can do a lot more than you expect, but in the yearly plan, sh- shrink it down a little bit to what you initially think. All right, if you're a big thinker, a big dreamer like me, okay, which I'm sure a lot of you are, um, and you know a lot of you might not be, and that's totally okay. It doesn't matter. But my point is make it something you can work towards. It doesn't matter how much of a big dreamer you are, a big thinker or you know an achiever you are, you need to make those goals achievable and workable and realistic. So those one-year goals, okay, set them. So especially in your first two to three months of the year, create these momentum goals that are easily achievable. Um, something I was still a little bit ambitious for this year, I'm turning around now to look at my, um, look at my goals for this year that I've set. And my very first one that I was able to cross off was do a six second handstand. And I achieved that, I think, three days before the end date, um, which I think was January the 25th. And I got it on the January the, oh no, I got it on the January the 26th and it was for January the 30th. So I achieved it four days early and I was so happy crossing that off, doing the act, literally crossing a goal off that you've written physically with a pen actually releases dopamine and um, I think it's just dopamine and it's an endorphin so you actually get this feel this feel good response it's a reward system and it makes you want to do more so it actually instills this to a hormonal level to a chemical level of um, of of self progression of self worth and you start building yourself up so that's a very powerful thing in doing that that simple act so again um, create those momentum goals where you're crossing things off early in the year 
um, like like a few of them I've set a little bit too big, but I'm, I'm almost crossing them off now, which is good. It's just a little bit late, but at least I'm crossing them off and it's, I'm getting it done. So I know I'm going to feel so much better about myself when I do that. Uh, which is very powerful and and, and since I've done that um, it's definitely helped a lot and I got out of my that it's those symptoms of anxiety um, by um, early January so um, because of the that, that new instilled trust that I've been putting on myself the other thing I started doing was my daily tasks uh, and my weekly goals and my monthly goals are sitting far too big and especially the daily tasks now if you write something down for the day and you can't do it of course you're going to feel like crap about yourself. If you write, because I write down five things every single day that I want to achieve, that I want to get done. So this is on top of my normal work with clients. Sometimes I will if it's a big job with a client um, or a big, big task I need to complete for them. Um, then I will write that down and include it in my power list, which is my five tasks for the day. But however, and this is what Andy Frisella talks about with the, with the tasks, you should be completing them. You need to complete them. If you don't, you're creating this version of I'm not capable in your brain and you're confirming that every single time you don't achieve it. I was actually only completing two to three of these things each day in the months of November and December, actually almost throughout the entire year. Um, there wasn't very many days that I'd actually win, meaning I wasn't actually completing all five tasks. Now, this is because the tasks I set for myself were almost unrealistic to the point of they should be almost a weekly, like weekly tasks, if that makes sense, um, because it was just like it was just silly. And what would happen is again, I was feeling incapable and um, a low sense of um, self trust and low sense of self worth because of this, um, and making it a very dangerous, creating a very dangerous mindset around that. So what I need you to do as someone that wants to build self worth and instill self trust in themselves is to set three tasks each day to start with and they're simple tasks okay so start with wake up at this time do it meditate for five minutes do it um, uh, make your bed do it okay um, go for a run do it okay read 10 pages do it okay just something simple like that that's self-progressing okay um, something that I like to um, I've been doing lately and I did for the entire year of 2017 and oh my gosh it was a beautiful thing man i i it helped me so much in 2017 i um i set this task for myself where i was meant to meet two people every day two new people okay i didn't do it every single day but for most weeks i managed to meet 14 new people so seven so obviously you know two each day times seven i'm 14 so um, most weeks I managed to do that and the confidence I built was massive. So this is what I mean by the confidence side. Now self-worth, I did build a little bit of self-worth because they do correlate with each other and it was a promise I kept to myself because I did go out and do it um, more frequently than I didn't. So this helped instill self-worth. Um, so that's something that I'd write down and nowadays um, because I'm kind of being a little bit kind to myself, I'm writing down meet one new person because I'm in a French speaking city, uh, town rather. So um, there's not as many people that speak English, but I'm still putting myself in that uncomfortable zone, uncomfortable position to do it. And I'm keeping that promise to myself 
uh, daily so far I have anyway. So that's, again, something that you can do. So anything that's going to instill self-development. Some other things I might put down on my daily tasks is to film something um, like for my clients or to um, to write an ebook um, that I'm going to put that out of there on social media. It's just things like that. So it's general tasks that you need to do, but at the same time as also putting in self-development um, tasks as well. All right, so again, it can be anything fitness and nutrition related or business related or anything, okay? Even even mindfulness related. So start with three, then you can build up to four, then you can build up to five. Just make sure that you write them down and you tick them off no matter what. Some nights I'll be up to 1 a.m., okay? Because it's that important that, um, that I get those done um, so that I can tick them off so that I can keep that self-worth and I can keep progressing that self-worth and self-trust rather than decreasing it okay some some nights you know i might be i might be like oh my gosh that's so stupid if i just do that um because i'm literally losing sleep and that's affecting my my mental health negatively so i do give myself that break then um which is actually um is rare now that i will not get all five tasks done but there will be occasions where that does happen where i might um you know stay, um, stay with my girlfriend or um, i might be with friends that evening whatever it is and you know occasionally it's okay but try to do it far more then not to cross them off, okay? You should be crossing those off 80% of the time at least. So eight, eight times out of 10, you know, like, you know, at least six out of the seven days of week of the week, you're winning, okay? You're winning your day, okay? One in seven days, um, this is just my personal um, idea behind it is one in seven days, it's okay because six out of seven is a really good, uh, really good way to, um, to actually do that and to build that self-confidence, self-worth, self-trust, so continue with that and you will see a massive growth in yourself and you will notice it will be amazing. Your anxiety symptoms will start to deteriorate. It's a beautiful thing and it's so refreshing and it's so incredible how that can happen uh, just by doing that. Um, so again, it's just um, it's just validating that in yourself by instilling that, that, um, that progression in yourself by making sure you're crossing all those things off and not validating the negatives, okay? Those negative narratives that we keep telling ourselves, all right? Um, if you feel like that's a little bit too much, I want you to start with even one promise, just something as simple as waking up at this time no matter what, or going to bed at this time no matter what. Something that simple, or making my bed in the morning no matter what, that simple, okay, is going to build that self-worth, guaranteed, as long as you keep to it, okay? So again, just, Putting something down and sticking to it, even if it's simple, is going to build self-worth. Now, moving on to the next thing. So uh, practicing gratefulness and setting boundaries is sort of the next point I want to go over. So I'm going to start with setting boundaries, actually, because this is something that not many people actually realize and not many people actually go in and understand of. Okay, so not many people understand the, the idea behind it, okay, and not many people understand that it's actually important because there's people that are genuinely really nice. I, I like to consider myself quite a nice guy, or well, I hope I am anyway, um, and I know a lot of really nice people and beautiful souls. The scary thing is, is people like myself and um, people like many others that I know um, sort of don't really put up boundaries as often as they should. Um, in order to protect their happiness, it's sort of like it's a, a self-betrayal of um, I need to make this person happy 
uh, no matter what, even at the expense of my own happiness, whether it's in a relationship, a friendship, um, in family, whatever it is, okay, it can, it can even be a random person. But we do this more often than we expect and than we think we do. And it's sort of like we're betraying ourselves. And even though we're not feeling happy, we're going out and trying to make this other person happy um, instead of actually talking with this person about how we feel or about how we are currently. And it's so important that we don't do this. You cannot give what you don't have. If you don't have current happiness, you're not going to give that person happiness. In fact, we can't even give happiness. Um, like You can share it, but it doesn't make the person happy. It's just going to amplify their happiness. They need to be happy for themselves in order for that to happen. So what you need to do is be a positive energy for that person by being a positive energy yourself. And you can only do that by having your own happiness. And that's by setting boundaries. You need to set boundaries and stick to them no matter what. This is in romantic relationships, friendships, family, everything, right? So again, it's just giving yourself that idea of, okay, um, if I'm not happy, I need to talk to this person no matter what. Or if um, if I tell this person that we, this, this, this certain boundary needs to occur within our relationship, whether it's the way they act around other people um, or like the way we act around each other, um, the, like um, meeting certain, like, you know, meeting certain, certain conditions. I don't like the idea of conditions. I think, I, I think they're um, used too often actually to be fair in relationships but still they should be they should be kept um, whatever they are because relationships should be more about commitment than conditions because if they're about conditions it's not going to work and that's something that I've fallen into in the past and it 100% does not work it should be about commitment the feeling of I'm going to give you as much um, as much love as I can and the other person feels the exact same way they're going to give you as much love as they can with no expectation if that goes both ways it's going to work beautifully if it doesn't it's going to be dangerous so it should happen both ways if it doesn't then it's, it's definitely not right um, and I think you can figure that out on, on out on your own um, but at the same time as well it's still important no matter what to even still have boundaries to protect your happiness so that you can actually keep keep that happiness to yourself you can make yourself happy and you're not betraying yourself because the moment you betray yourself is the moment you lose it's the moment that you start to deteriorate the self-worth and self-love and it's that moment where you can no longer be in a position to genuinely help others to genuinely bring happiness into other people's lives and again i said you can't make people happy but you can bring and share happiness okay so that's very important to understand because it's only you that can make you happy and that's through building your self-worth so again work on yourself daily and you're going to instill happiness within yourself but at the same time keep that boundary of um of that happiness that i'm talking about and that will help uh, contain that keep that self-worth and self-happiness contained so that you can share it with others because you cannot give what you don't have now practice gratefulness so this is actually working on it and i'm extending on this okay so I always so gratefulness is a great tool before you even work on self awareness because it's something you can work on instantly and you can see effects of instantly. Okay, I've actually just recently done a post on my Instagram about gratitude and working and how working on gratitude has, is truly a, a scientific based method to um, help this serotonin production in the system to help decrease cortisol uh, to actually help your prefrontal cortex become more active which actually makes you more aware anyway so this works on your consciousness and makes you less subconscious um, but and it also works on your reticular activating system your reticular RAS system your reticular activating system is a part in your brain that is constantly working on producing and manifesting okay so what I mean by that is um, back in the day when we were running away from saber-toothed tigers or running away from danger, we were constantly looking for it. 
So now what happens is our bosses, our lovers, our friends, our family members, they're our tigers. So we're constantly looking for um, what's wrong in them or what's wrong in our relationships with them and or what's wrong in, in like, you know, at work or with the people around us or with us. We're constantly looking for everything that's wrong and what we focus, where focus goes, energy flows. So if we're focusing on these problems, we're going to manifest them. So um, how we how I can explain it in today's terms with the reticular activating system is when my sister brought a red Suzuki Swift, all of a sudden there was red Suzuki Swifts all over the motorway, all in the car parks, so they were everywhere. It's because this was all of a sudden important to me. Now, because this is important to me, I'm going to notice it a lot more. Those cars, those red Suzuki Swifts were always there. They were always on the motorway. They were always in the car park. I never noticed them before because they had no significance. I, yes, I'd notice them here and there, but it wasn't something I noticed as much. Okay, so that's what the reticular activating system does. So if you're focusing on gratefulness, you're going to manifest it a lot more, which is where visualization becomes very powerful, but that's for another day um, and another time in terms of goal setting, in terms of manifesting um, gratitude in, in your day. Um, so visualization is powerful. Um, and I, I will mention it momentarily on this podcast now, okay, but um, I won't dive deep into it. But basically, what I mean by focusing is and practicing gratefulness is you want to write it down because writing it down increases brain activity based on science. Okay, you actually improve your brain activity, improve your um, the um, the uh, stimulation of your prefrontal cortex. Now, as this happens and you write it down, it becomes more instilled in your brain. Whereas if you're just simply thinking about it or writing it, um, or, or not even writing down, but just thinking about it and or just um, even verbalizing it, verbalizing helps. It's not as powerful as when you're writing it. Now, once you've written it, then verbalize it, okay? And when you verbalize it, mean it, okay? Connect with it. Um, you'll know what I mean by when you connect with it, you truly feel it, okay? So that's what I mean. It's very powerful. You connect with an emotion with what you're saying and you need to truly experience that gratitude. Now, once you, so I write down three things, um, three to five things I'm grateful for every day. And then I've, I not only vocalize it, I also visualize it. So I truly close my eyes and I do this with three things. And normally it's going to be a moment or a person. Okay. So a moment I'm truly grateful for, I'm just going to think on it, think on it, think on it. I'm just closing my eyes now and just, you know, I, I would all imagine my sister and like how she's truly supporting me through this massive move I'm doing, going from Quebec and then going to California, then going to Bali and truly making this move and leaving behind a relationship that um, that I'm in. I'm leaving behind a lot of friends and making a big move once again. I'm constantly on the move. I'm a bit of a gypsy, right? But um, that's the thing is she's truly supporting me and I'm just so grateful to have a sister like that. It's such a beautiful thing. So I'm grateful for a person, but I'm also grateful for the FaceTimes that we do. So I'm imagining the moment or the person depending okay just to change it up or just to whatever i feel more grateful for at the time so it's using those that feelings those feelings of gratitude by connecting to it through your thought through your visualization and going from there and that's how you should start your day every single day and even end your day on some, on some form of gratitude which actually improves not only uh, your prefrontal cortex activity it also improves hormones like serotonin um, it actually helps decrease diastolic blood pressure believe it or not there's a direct link between gratitude and diastolic blood pressure amazing I know it's incredible and there's also an, a link between happiness which comes from gratitude happiness and decreasing the chance of you getting sick or ill incredible it doesn't help heal you quicker but it does help um, prevent it from occurring so if you're in the winter and it's freaking cold okay practice gratitude a lot more than normal okay because you're gonna be bloody protected 
by that uh, gratitude. It's going to wrap itself around you. It's going to fend off that cold. And it's going to be like, if you, bruh, you're out of here, which is going to be pretty dope. And uh, the gratitude is going to conquer the world. Okay, and probably not to that extent, but you get my point. Okay, so really practice that gratitude and you're going to be not just healthy mentally, but also physically, which is incredible. And honestly, believe it or not, this can also lead to uh, less, pr- less, pr- less stress overall in terms of stress hormone production, leading to a better metabolism. Yes, I said it. Okay, it is true. There's a direct link. Um, now that I've touched on gratefulness and how important it is, the next thing I need to touch on is your gut health matters. If you um, because 90% of your serotonin is produced in the digestive tract, which is in your gut, and if you um, only 10% secreted in the brain. So if you're not allowing yourself to have a healthy gut through implementing things like fasting, through maybe even supplementing probiotics, if you need to, if you're in a gut healing process, doing that helps, but ultimately keeping it healthy. So what I mean by that is limiting gluten, limiting lactose, limiting sugar, still having it if you need to, if you want to, but cutting it out when necessary, okay, and limiting it, maybe doing an elimination diet for 10 days, take it out completely, then reintroduce it slowly and see if you react to it. If you don't react to it, then yes, you can keep having it. So it's an elimination diet phase that I do with my clients. Everyone gets results because it's real. It's not something that's bull crap or made up or you know if it fits in macros blah 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 yes i used to follow that process but and it's a great process to start with but some somewhere down the line you need to look at inflammation and it's um and, it, and how it affects fat loss massively believe it or not metabolism massively believe it or not and truly going from there and also the other thing that inflammation does is it um affects through the gut brain axis which is a connection between the gut and the brain through inflammation now inflammation that's occurring in the brain it's going to be dangerous in terms of an acidic imbalance a chemical imbalance and it's going to help trigger that leading to the susceptibility of mental health issues you're going to be more susceptible to being anxious more susceptible to being depressed more susceptible to feelings of low self-worth because of this inflammation because of this high cortisol the stress hormone that's going to go up through the gut health issues through the the gut leaking okay the um the leaky gut syndrome that could occur through digestive issues that could occur limiting your serotonin production increasing inflammation doing a whole lot of issues that are going to lead to issues in terms of mental health and uh, low self-worth as well so again take care of yourself take care of your gut take care of your health and your body and your soul will take care of you okay so you only got one body mate uh, take care of that old thing okay or it's gonna be very happy and you're gonna be very happy now the final thing i want to um meet uh, the final two things i want to mention okay the first th- thing is surround yourself with the right people who lift you up because you become more like the five people that you're around which is the most common freaking cliche phrase there is but it's so true okay spend less time with people that put you down spend more time with people that lift you up literally one of the most important things that i can say um and that's all i can say about it because it's just so true and yes there's um there's gonna be science behind it i haven't actually put any studies out behind it but i can almost guarantee that if i went on to google scholar and looked this up i'm going to find something which i actually shouldn't bloody do this and support that 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 claim just as every single psychologist will talk about just as every single successful entrepreneur will talk about you need to be around the people that you want to become now if you're around the negative people you're going to become more like them if you're around positive people and more and more grateful people you're going to become more like them surround yourself with the people that lift you up and push you and help you progress in terms of positivity in terms of um in terms of actually no not positivity but mindfulness and self-awareness um because it's because positivity is blocking out negativity and ultimately that's giving negativity more power which is actually dangerous long term so instead of being a positive person be a self-aware person and be a peaceful person that is okay with their thoughts that is okay with their feelings 
So that that means you know becoming more self aware through things like meditation and yoga and you know um, and practicing gratefulness and things like that that are going to make you more conscious. So um, now um, also the other thing as well is when you are around people when people want to express their opinion of you or or to you or you know you need to ask yourself do they have the life you want or do they have emotional well-being okay well, it should, should they should meet both conditions they should have the life that you want they should be you know that the that optimistic that um, peaceful that grateful person if they're not and they're expressing an opinion on you okay that's negative that's sort of um that sort of feels like it's destructive and um and pessimistic in some way um you, you, there's no reason to listen to them because they're not even a person you want to become like so why would their opinion affect you in that way okay that's one thing the next thing is emotional well-being if they don't have, if they're not truly peaceful themselves if they're not truly self-aware themselves uh, what they're expressing to you will simply be uh, an insecurity of their own, and like I'm even I'm even guilty of doing this of thinking um, like expressing thoughts with um, with myself about other people, and that that's actually coming from an insecurity of my own. So remember when we when we express certain things, when we do certain things in life that seem wrong, that se- that don't, that seem out um, outrageous, you know, out, um, even just just generally a little bit guilt you feel a little bit guilty about it or um you know what the way other people act and it seems so wrong or like hurtful or evil even this is coming from their own insecurities just remember that everyone's genuine everyone's actually good deep down but what happens is our insecurities get the better of us sometimes and we betray our own um own values through our insecurities in order to meet our needs okay so um now moving on from there okay that's one thing that you should definitely ask ask um, of the people instilling opinions on you okay so now the final thing that i wanted to touch on is journaling and then for affirmations so um by journaling the, um, the seven power questions of what you're grateful for what you're proud of what you're committed to who loves you and who um who do you love so who do you love and who loves you okay um uh, what you're happy for what you're um what you're enjoying currently and what you're excited about currently okay so those are the seven power questions that tony robbins always talks about in terms of actually something you tell yourself every morning i write them down every morning and i vocalize them every morning now the next thing i journal is what um straight after that is what i want to feel what i want to be and what i want to behave like so an example would be i am very peaceful in daily situations another example would be i feel I feel comfortable in uncertainty when I would normally, oh, sorry, I feel, um, I feel confident and proud and, um, and peaceful. Okay. I, I, I feel calm and in uncertainty when I would normally experience fear. So that's another one. Okay. Um, and then I behave, uh, I behave passionate when I would normally behave with, um, discouragement. Okay, so th- so that's sort of just a, a way to sort of portray these situations where we'd normally relate to certain feelings or emotions or behaviors, and we connect them with completely different emotions, thoughts, feelings, behaviors, etc. Okay, so by writing those down, they become more real. Um, it's a, a situation which is called neuroplasticity. Okay, not a situation that an, an an actual aspect of life which is called neuroplasticity, and that's the relationship between you reprogramming your subconscious through doing things like writing and journaling. Okay, it's going to happen then affirmation by reading that aloud which is what I do every morning as well I'll read that aloud and that will help confirm and affirm that actual thing by vocalizing because that stimulates the the, the prefrontal cortex as well um, so that's, that's the, the, the 
the idea of writing, of thinking, of visualizing, plus vocalizing, doing all of that really uh, manifests this strong uh, new neuroplasticity of reprogramming that subconscious. So this is a, the, that's the final box you need to tick once you've started working on everything else I've talked about. That's honestly the final thing you should be working on because you need to get the other stuff right first. Now that's everything for this podcast, okay? Um, that's honestly going to improve you incredibly okay like honestly i cannot even tell you the effect that's had in my life um and i'm gonna say it because i've said it so many times before meditation has saved my life so you've got to start with meditation and gratitude because it truly has saved my life and i know it can save so many others and it has saved many others um and this is truth the true thing and there's a direct um, correlation between gratitude and meditation and the the hormone cortisol and many other um fields of mental health okay many other aspects of mental health so this is scientifically proven uh please 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 just do yourself a favor and start implementing these things into your life today now that's it for everything okay if you i'm actually leaving for california on the 6th of march from quebec i'm excited it's gonna be good meeting with my friend Stephen harvey uh we're gonna you know do a bit of exploring around la san diego and las vegas and then i'm going back once he leaves for another seven days to San Diego and um, and LA, actually for another, no, 13 days, sorry. And I'll be on my own, but I'll be um, interviewing a whole bunch of people over in the California region. So if you guys know of anyone in the California region that you think should be on this podcast, please let me know. Um, you already know the I, um, what, what I talk about on this podcast. So it'll be just absolutely freaking incredible um, if you can please just um, you know send me a message and recommend anyone. Anyway, guys, once again, thanks so much for for um, for paying attention and even listening this far. Um, I really, truly hope that this has helped you guys in some form, some shape, some way. And if it has actually, actually had any sort of impact on you, please, 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 please tell a friend that you really believe that this could help. Uh, again, I'm just truly trying to spread this positive message, this, um, well, awareness message, I suppose I could put it just as I've just talked on positivity. Um, positivity is important, but it's not, it shouldn't be the main focus. Like I said, self-awareness should be, um, but this healing, um, this healing message and the ability to truly heal, um, is such an important message that needs to get out there. So please share it with others, uh, subscribe to this because there's so much more good stuff coming. And please give it a rating as well, because if you rate this, um, and please rate it five stars, I'm going to kick your butt. But um, anyway, um, if you rate this and uh, leave a little comment of anything, it can be absolutely anything. I, I really don't mind what it is, because at the end of the day, whatever you give me is going to be a um, on like not just um, it's not just going to help me feel good. But I'm not kidding. Um, I need to do that for myself. But um, what it's actually going to do is it's going to give me feedback and critique in order to make this podcast better, which is ultimately what I want to do. So so please subscribe, give it a rating, and write a little comment um, on it if it affected you in some way and more than anything please share it with others and tell a friend or whatever it is you know so once again guys thank you so much so much for um for giving this a listen um you can follow me on instagram and facebook headley fitness and find me on youtube kieran headley fitness um always here for you guys uh if, if you guys ever need anything just honestly just message me on one of those platforms and um and i'll and i'll message you back as soon as possible and um, i'll be there for you um because that's what I, that's truly why i'm doing this is because i want to be here for you guys and i want to spread this message of self-healing and i want to truly you know um, normalize mental health which is my true true life mission so once again guys thanks again have an amazing day and stay blessed sure